0: Today on another exciting episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. After an unexpected death in the family, a young man suddenly finds himself as a single father. As he begins this new journey, he quickly realizes that he is not alone in raising his young daughter. Did the spirit of a loved one return to lend a helping hand? That is the haunting question we ask. Right after Carol asks us uncomfortable questions about the first time we saw zoo animals doing it. that strange shit and more on this chilling episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.
1: ghost
2: stories online call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at real you are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead
0: this is real ghost stories online that it is 855-853-4802 is our phone number Real Ghost Stories Online to show your real ghost stories with us. If you like the show, become an extra podcast person and EPP, as we call them. Sign up to do that at ghostpodcast.com or slash real ghost stories. You get access to all our bonus episodes, brand new ones every single week, Uh, almost 400 of them now. Uh, Also, you get uh, the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, all of it commercial free, ebook, audio book. It's all there. To on the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories at ghostpodcast.com or through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Carol with you on today's episode of the show. Let's lay off the zoo animal <laughs> talk.
1: <laughs> did, I, did I tell... I don't know if... I think I told you, but I don't remember if I told everybody about the last time I saw zoo animals doing it. <laughs> so... Um, And I had no idea you were just going to air that. But it made me think of that. So please let me share. Yes, go. (laughs) Um, So my friend got married at the zoo last year. And um, it was really cool, a wedding. And we have a really nice elephant exhibit. Mm -hmm. And so she gets married at the elephant exhibit. It's really nice. It's catered. And there was this um, app that you can download. And so while you're at the wedding, all of your pictures go directly into this wedding album. So, I'm taking pictures, me and all my friends, all the stuff. And then um, it's kind of that in-between part between dinner and before they do the fun stuff. So, everybody's kind of watching the elephants and these elephants start doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm like, oh, that's hysterical. So, I'm snapping pictures to send them to my niece and I'm like, man, I met my friend's wedding at the zoo and this is happening. Ha, ha, ha. And then my friend's like, yeah, um, didn't you download the app? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, crap. So I sent Elephant's doing it to their wedding photo album. <laughs> <laughs> is this the Elephant doing it song?
0: It's LL Cool J doing it. Oh, <laughs> Doing it and so doing I it and have, doing,
1: wild, doing after, it wild. After after the wedding and they got back from their honeymoon, I was like, yeah, so um, was I hopefully not the only one that took pictures of the elephants doing it? <laughs> She's like, no, there's only one other person. Only- and I'm like, well, of course it would be Brett and me, but it was just so funny. I'm like, I thought a bunch of people without thinking would have taken pictures. <laughs> I think they were all remembering Oh my
0: app? God! Wow, that could have been like totally like the, like the 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 cover of the wedding album too. Just the elephant.
1: Right. I showed it to my mom, and my mom's my mom got to laughing really hard, and she's like, "Well, I hope it brings him some good luck <laughs> with having kids.
0: <laughs> I hope it brings him some sort of luck." <laughs>
1: With having kids. She thinks it's a, a sign of fertility. Oh, I will. Maybe. <laughs> Just because they're having okay. sex doesn't mean there's fertility.
0: <laughs> this is the, uh, you remember this in the 90s when they would make remixes of everything? This is the, uh, the elephant remix of LL Cool Jays doing it. Um, I think it was, uh, the zoo remix It was it was um yeah <laughs> oh,
1: God, It was It funny. was the
0: wild zoo remix of this song It was uh, <laughs> Def Jam Def Jam Animals Animal Planet Yo Def Jam and Animal Planet It was Animal Planet was doing all those remixes back in the. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that's funny
0: Shit's real back in the 90s There was remixes to stuff that mattered, like Animal Planet.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Ah, yes. Somehow we've uh, branched off into elephants doing it to LL Cool J. So there we go. New uh, record for going off track uh, on the program this early on. Uh, You're
1: the one who brought up elephant zoo, zoo animals doing it.
0: That's true. All of it. I had no idea you were, I was just teeing it up for you with that. I didn't even realize that.
1: You didn't uh, even know I had a story.
0: <laughs> no, I, I no, I really didn't. I wasn't expecting that. 855 853 4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. First thing we got today is a uh, letter to go through. It says, uh, Hey, Tony, Harper, Carol, Todd, found your podcast last year and it helped me so much in terms of getting through difficult days at work. I became an EPP member. I'm a nurse and last year I took care of many patients infected with COVID-19, so I'm sure you can imagine the stress and emotional turmoil I endured every shift. My car drives home from work were what I looked forward to the most because I felt connected to the outside world whenever I listened to your podcast. I've been thinking about writing in regarding one of the most touching spiritual moments I've ever experienced in my life. It's a personal story that I've only shared with a few people. I hold near and dear in my heart. I finally found the strength to share it with you now. My father and I were brought to New York City from the Dominican Republic by my paternal grandmother, Martha, when I was 17 months old in April of 1993. She helped us acclimate to the cold weather and assimilate to the Western culture and food. It might be difficult to believe that I can remember moments we spent together when I was three and four years old, but I do. I remember the sleepovers all three of us would have and the Barbie-themed birthday parties they threw me. My grandmother passed away in December of 1996 at the age of 50 when I was, 50 year- when I was five years old. Her passing was the beginning of many difficult moments to come in both mine and my father's life as he tackled his new life as a single parent without familial support. I couldn't comprehend what death was at such a young age. I remember asking my father why my grandmother doesn't come over to visit us anymore. I don't quite remember his response, but I can't imagine how difficult it must have been for him to figure out how to talk to a young child about death and deal with the grief of losing a parent at the same time. I'm not sure how old I was exactly when this experience occurred, but I'm confident that I was five or six years old. To this day, it still brings tears to my eyes. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. I woke up crying in the middle of the night. must have been sobbing loudly because my father immediately walked in and asked me what was wrong. I told him I dreamed about Grandma. He hugged me in an effort to comfort me because I was sobbing uncontrollably as I tried to tell him about my dream. "'In my dream, I was walking on the sidewalk by myself outside my home "'when all of a sudden I see my grandmother standing at a bus stop a few hundred feet away. "'I ran to her and hugged her so tight. "'I remember I was smiling from ear to ear. "'I told her how much I missed her and then proceeded to ask her why she doesn't come see me anymore. "'She smiled and gave me a big hug. "'Out of the blue, a city bus pulled up in front of us and opened its doors.' My grandmother looked at me directly in the eyes and smiled before she turned away to enter the bus. I grabbed a hold of her hand and said, Grandma, wait for me. She turned around to look at me and replied, You can't come with me. It's not your time. She let go of my hand and climbed into the bus as the doors closed. I cried as I watched the bus disappear into the distance. I woke up immediately afterwards already crying. I guess... When experiences really touch us and bring about powerful emotions, we tend to remember these things for a lifetime. I just celebrated my 30th birthday and to this day, I still recall how sad I felt upon waking up that night. I didn't quite understand the dream at that time because I was a young child. but now that I'm an adult, I strongly believe that she came to visit me in an effort to let me know that she didn't abandon me and that she loved me very much. It's heartwarming to hear you read stories of listeners who felt calm and fulfilled after having a visitation dream by their loved ones. I wish that would have been the case for me because I still feel sad every time I think about that dream. I hope that I have another visitation from her at some point in my life. Thank you for all that you do. I appreciate you all. Stay safe.
1: That makes me sad that, she or he is still s- sad about that dream. Yeah. Because it's a really a beautiful dream. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if when the dream happened, they were so young that it made, th- it was sad because a dream like that is going to be sad. You're going to wake up from that and feel sad. But then, you know, sometimes through grief with some time, that dream becomes kind of be rather beautiful.
0: Yeah,
1: And, um, in a, in, a, in a, more profound, it's more than just a dream. It's like you know, you really did have a visitation. And I think that dream, I absolutely think that was what that dream was. Sure. And I think I think it's beautiful. just I wish they get the peace they would find peace with that dream. Mm-hmm. You know I agree. I think that's what that dream was supposed to be about. Give you some peace.
0: One thing that, that stood out to me, and I just, I guess I've never really thought about it, um, where it said early on that uh, they were too young to comprehend uh, death. I'm trying to think back. I mean, I can't remember a time where I didn't know, not know what death was, quite honestly.
1: You know, though, I could see that if if no one in the family or in your you know, if you're four or five years old and you have not sure. gone through any experiences yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, I guess that's And maybe sense. your parents don't want to like bring it up. It's like, yeah. oh, by the way, you know, like you really love me, but one day I will die. And that means you will never see me again. So maybe it just, you know, it, they hadn't needed to explain that yet. Yeah. Because that's kind of a need to know basis when you're really little.
0: Yeah, I guess it wasn't around where I was. <laughs> I think that it was pretty much make the kids understand life pretty quick. Cause I, I mean, I think we all knew like, you know, our parents will die someday and will die someday. And, uh, I mean, this is like shit. They'd like teaching like in Sunday school, I think, when I was, well, you know, and it was just like, it was kind of fire and brimstony shit.
1: If you go to, if you yeah. go to Sunday school, there's a lot of dying going
0: on. I remember like doing like a coloring book where it was, um, uh, like what was it like Lot and his wife running out of Sodom and Gomorrah and like one of them his wife looked back and then turned into a pillar of salt and there's like fire coming down from the sky and this so we're literally the, the drawing of the coloring was was the woman who turned into a pillar of salt as the family is fleeing with um like shards of fire coming out of the sky and this town burning in the background
1: Like, what a great story where's the donuts <laughs> well, I remember when, I, so when I was really small, I would say in the five, six range, because mm-hmm. I don't remember tons. Like we've discussed before, I remember things, but yeah. I don't remember lots and lots of things. Yeah. But my dad was from Rocky Hill, Connecticut, and we were living in Massachusetts. He was in the Air Force, and we would go visit his family, and his dad was always in his bed in the bedroom dying. And it was, And we always had to go in and see my grandfather who was dying. And so that was a very, for me, like, that was very young age. like Yeah. And so it was kind of like I never, like, I I remember when he died, but I never really knew him because I never interacted with him. It would just be kind of awkwardly standing there.
0: And I had like great grandparents that died at very, when I was very young, like two, three, four, that area and great uncles and aunts and all that shit. And I just, I, I remember, I think the first time I went to a funeral, it was like three. Um, and I, it was just, it was talked about, but it wasn't like like overly talked about. It was just kind of like, okay, this is life. And I, I wasn't scarred by knowing those things.
1: But I just wonder if, you know, with that, being just young and innocent, yeah. and the con the conversation had never come sure. up. Yeah, I mean, but I even could see- then, it's yeah. a you know, it's such an abstract concept, death. And you know, I don't- you're going to heaven, and what is oh, that? Yeah,
0: sure. When you get there, but I don't know. I mean, I think like Harper was like she knew what death was. She was out in the driveway like smashing bugs. It's
1: like I'm killing the bugs. <laughs> You know, the next thing, your daughter's going to be a serial killer. Exactly.
0: That's what my That's mom told where that me. leads. My mom told me, well, she was concerned I was going to be the next uh, Jeffrey Dahmer uh, because I would uh, kill ants <laughs> in, the, in the driveway.
1: It's like, I've bought product to kill ants with, like. <laughs> I didn't feel that guilty about it, I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> you might be the next dumber. Just saying. I don't know. I, I, I had no I was an only child. There were no kids in my neighborhood and this is how I occupied my summers. <laughs> I would just I'd be out in the yard playing and one of the many activities was kill the ants. And yeah, so there you go. Did it turn into Dahmer?
1: Sorry. (laughs) Yet. You still have (laughs) time.
0: Yet. And that's what he said on the podcast that aired just a week before. And I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) Then Carol ended up dead.
0: (laughs) Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our next uh, story. It's a letter. It says, it's Shannon again from Spokane. It's been a while since I've sent in a story. Thought I better get with it. This story is when I called in before, but never heard on the air. It's about homemade root beer that my family used to make. I called it in uh, just before Halloween, and I know you guys were swamped then. Uh, so let's go to this. So if you did play the story, I apologize. Never mind this letter. So I've told you that I was raised in a home with a protective entity. I've written or called in about a dream. My sister and I both had the night my dad passed and also about my nephew talking to my dad. His grandpa miss and missing him, even though he never met my dad. It was there as long as I can remember, but my dad didn't believe in such things, so they weren't talked about. After my dad passed, my mom admitted that she had had things happen too, and so pretty much the whole family has now owned up to having things happen. This happened while my dad was still alive. I was about eight, and my sisters would have been about 14 and 16. Our parents had gone on a fishing trip, so it was just my sister's and a friend of theirs in the house that day. My brother was older and was out with his buddy somewhere. We lived in a big two-story house with a full basement. The basement wasn't finished, as we know finished basements today, but it had a big coal furnace and a coal room. These old coal furnaces were huge, looked like an octopus with arms flinging in all directions for the ductwork. Then there was a coal room the small opening to the outside where they would shoot coal in until the room was piled about half full with coal. My brother's room was downstairs in a small pantry about six by ten. The rest was open and housed the washer dryer, the clothesline, pretty rustic. So on this day my sisters and I were just hanging out. It was a Saturday afternoon and we were all on the main floor of the living room when all of a sudden we heard this huge crash in the basement. Of course, being the brave gals that we were, we screamed and ran out of the house to the neighbors. We told them what had happened and begged them to come check it out. So he did. He told us it was probably our older brother playing tricks on us, but we knew he was gone. John came over and checked around the whole main floor of the house, then headed to the basement. He told us to wait upstairs, so we waited at the top of the stairs until he called up for us to come down there. He was standing in the doorway to the pantry. Now my family made root beer when I was a kid. I don't remember how it was done, but I remember it had to set after it was bottled for a while. So the root beer that my parents had made had been sitting in the pantry waiting to be ready for consumption. As I said, this pantry was about 6 by 10, had a shelf about 12 inches wide, running the length of the room. The bottles of root beer were lined up along the back of the shelf against the wall, one or two bottles deep. John, our neighbor, Hero showed us that the rip beer had merely fallen off the shelf and broken or exploded, as carbonated stuff can do. Nothing to be afraid of. Told us to get it cleared up and tell our folks when they got home what had happened. Yes, in those days, our neighbors could boss us around, and we were expected to do what they asked. So we started to get it cleaned up, but that's when we started realizing that these bottles couldn't have just fallen off the shelf. The shelf was still solidly anchored on the wall. The rip beer and glass were directly underneath the shelf. No rip beer was on the shelf itself or up the wall behind the shelf. The soda pop had exploded. It would have gone up the wall, come down and drenched the shelf. And actually the glass would have been on the shelf rather than under it. The wall and the shelf were dry. The rip beer had fallen off the shelf. The shelf would have had to become disconnected from the wall. It was still solid on the wall. If there had been vibration enough for the rip beer to jiggle forward, enough to fall off the shelf, Wouldn't we have heard more than one crash as a few bottles at a time fell until more jiggled forward to fall? And why didn't others jiggle off the shelves of the pantry before? Even if it did vibrate off the shelf, it would have fallen directly to the floor in front of the shelf, but all the liquid and glass was under the shelf near the wall. We discussed all these things in great length as we cleaned everything up. We even tried to talk to John about it, but he wouldn't even talk about the weirdness of it. "'Fell off the shelf, and that was that. "'When our parents got home, we told them about what happened. "'They agreed with the neighbor. it had simply fallen off the shelf. "'I talked to John and thanked him for helping us, "'but never would discuss any other options about what happened. "'I always wondered if John ever admitted to himself that it was weird. "'As I said, my dad didn't believe in the paranormal, "'or wouldn't admit it. "'While he was alive, my mom went along with his beliefs, "'but after he passed, I did talk to my mom, "'and she agreed that it was strange.' Though she never saw the mess, so it could only go by what my sisters and I had told her. We talked about a lot of things that happened in the house, came to the conclusion that the entity who resides there is very protective of us and the house. I believe that there is something wrong with the root beer. We may have become ill if we had drank any of it. None of the other batches of root beer ever exploded and nothing else in the pantry ever fell off the shelf. remember this so distinctly and my sisters and I have talked about it and we still believe it was protecting the family." It isn't so bad to have a built-in protector in your home once you get used to it. Thanks for letting me share, and thanks for bringing all of us believers together. Blessing to everyone and your listeners. Shannon from Spokane. Thoughts on that one?
1: It's hard to really say because I totally get why he comes over He probably didn't pay that much attention to the root beer on the ground. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, root beer fell down. End of mystery. Yep. And then the parents are like, they didn't see anything. Root beer fell down. Shit happens. Mm -hmm. You know, so I get why they reacted the way they did. Because he might not have paid that much attention to how it fell or they're cleaning it up. So they're seeing it very differently. Sure. But I don't know. Like sometimes shit falls and it's like. I don't know how that happened or why that happened, but it did. Mm -hmm. So it kind of sounds like it's one of those. Once you start cleaning it up and spending some time with the mess, it's like, wait a minute. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. This shouldn't have fallen like that.
0: Yeah. It's like the idea of them falling because of the carbonation plausible. Yeah. Idea that happens, but it's not plausible as to why it, it did the damage it did where it did. it it doesn't make any sense
1: and so like he comes over and gives it a quick look up that's your mystery solved see you later kids clean that up
0: and when you're a parent and you're doing 50 things at once and your kids trying to tell you that the bottles shouldn't have landed that way you're like hey whatever No, I'm like I gotta go unpack I have to do 50 other things Right. just clean it up like whatever you want to believe cool like I'll let that be your mystery but you know yeah one of those things that uh, makes you wonder, like things like that, when they happen, how often do we just, you know, brush them off and, and never take a second look to really go, wait a second, and then the moments passed and we never get a chance to do that.
1: Well, then I think that you don't always want to see it.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's like, okay, this is weird. Clean that shit up. Move on. <laughs>
0: like I want to see it.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. can't deal with it.
0: Oh, well, yeah. I, mean, I have
1: enough going on. Yeah. I do not want to live in a haunted house today.
0: Exactly. and Because it, it, it's one of those, like, if you see it and you were like, you, then you kind of have to believe it if it's.
1: Exactly. You
0: know, yeah, that's true. 855 853 4802, our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Hi. I am
2: a longtime listener, first time caller. Um, this. Just happened to me and my friend Rachel. Since I don't want to use our real names, I will. I am going to be Marie from New Mexico, and I'm here with my friend Rachel. We are both firm believers, and we like to consider ourselves very spiritual, and we like to consider ourselves empaths, also. So this experience. Actually, just happened within the last 20, 30 minutes. And we thought it would be a great time to call and to tell you guys our story. So we're both in college, and I am in her dorm room, and we're having a sleepover. And Rachel goes, and she turns off the lights. And I just look around the room, and I see this tall black huge figure and the shoulders are hunched over it's a face is huge it looks like a cross between a human and a wolf it has long very long sharp teeth hanging out of its mouth and its eyes has a red glint to it i immediately freaked out i said rachel can we please turn on the lights and like so scared, my heart's pounding in my chest. People say your heart gets faster and lighter when you're scared, but our hearts were just, it felt like somebody grabbed a sledgehammer. It was beating our chest, it was so bad. So I told her what I saw. We left the room to go back to my dorm room to get some sage and to get my Bible that Rachel gave me. When we got to my dorm room, we couldn't open the door. And usually, oh, you know, no big deal. The lock just won't work. I don't know. But because of a previous encounter in my room, we just assumed it was that. I will call in again, I promise, and tell you guys all about the story because it, It's just as terrifying as this one, but this one just, it might be worse. So after we couldn't open the door, we freaked out, and instead of coming straight back to Rachel's room, since we knew the thing was in here, we went over to our friend's room, Jeremy, and we had him go open, go try to open my door so we can grab the sage. And as soon as he went down there, he could open the door. So, we're not sure if maybe it's just maybe the door doesn't like us or if it was that entity that is in my room. And we called the roommate, tried to see if she was there, and she wasn't there. So we knew it wasn't her just holding the door back. It was something else. So the boys got it open, and we were freaking out because... We couldn't get the door open, so we thought it must have been because she has this presence in her room, and I have a presence in my room, and yes, long story short, we finally got the sage, we came back to Rachel's room, and we saged her entire room, we said the Lord's Prayer, we wanted to cover all the bases that we can for this time. Once we finally finished staging, we were trying to relax and puzzle ourselves back together when we hear a loud slam. And it turns out it was the bathroom door. I know what you're saying. Maybe the door was just open and somebody went in and used the bathroom. But that's not the case because it never happens. Like, if somebody else opens the door, like Rachel Sweetmaid, then... Where you can hear the door that they have to open, and then the bathroom door open.
1: There was no
2: squeaking. There was just one loud, huge bang, and it sounded like it was coming from the closet. So now we are both awake, and we're probably not going to go to sleep. So we decided it was the perfect time to call you guys. Um, I will call back in again with my ghost story that I have in my dorm room. Thank you so much for hearing us out. If you have any words of wisdom, we would be so glad to hear it. Thank you again. And mom, if you're listening, hi, Bye. Okay, bye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so her mom is feeling, if her mom is listening, feeling really great about her daughter off at college. Yes. yes. Now. So Things well. are going so well for my daughter at college. Yes. She is loving the dorms and fitting right in with all the entities. <laughs> That was kind of adorable. (laughs) College life, yes. Um, Well, that was creepy AF. Yeah. Like all of it. Because it's not, it's bad enough that, you know, you see something like that. Mm -hmm. And then to have the door slam shut.
0: There's so many things in there where it's like, yeah, it could be this, but I think it's probably more that.
1: So what do you think that is?
0: Something paranormal.
1: (laughs) Well, because it sure is creepy. Yeah. You know, and you think, okay, you just got, um, you know, it was dark. There were shadows. You might have seen something. But it's the combination of all of it. Like, even if none of it was paranormal, Mm -hmm. the combination of all those things would still scare the shit out of me. Yes. You know, even if... The shadows were just right, and I kind of saw it like this, and it freaked me out, so I wanted to get my sage, and then I can't get in my room, but another person can get in my room, but we couldn't. Mm -hmm. And then you go back, and then doors are slamming shut for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary stuff.
0: Yeah, it's stuff that would, yeah, you don't ever want to have to experience that. And
1: God, and it's only, you know, not even halfway through the semester.
0: Memories that will last a lifetime.
1: This is why kids drink in college right exactly.
0: there. They put them in these old haunted houses. And right, like, they
1: can't deal with it. Yeah. It's like I gotta drink.
0: <laughs> all right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person and EPP. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost Stories. Get access to all of our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and more and help keep our program on the air. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.